1: Thank you for listening, and we pray that the Lord will help each of us as we study and preach the Word of God.
0: And the saints all with gladness are singing the glorious song of the redeemed.
1: Song of the redeemed. Thank you once again for tuning into the podcast. This is our Friday edition of the podcast. Certainly looking forward to the weekend. If it's different these days, used to look forward to the weekend because I got off work, go out, and live my life, do what I wanted to do, attend the sports events, go out and act the fool. But now, thank God, I look forward to the weekend for a different reason. I'm glad I'm in the house of God, opportunity to attend the assembly of the righteous. Thank God for Jesus Christ, and we certainly look forward to the weekend. Look forward to what the Lord's going to do in the house of God. And I thank for those of you that reached out to us even today concerning scripture, the things of God. We certainly appreciate that. And the Lord's doing a mighty work in these days. And it's beyond my understanding, beyond my comprehension. I know that a lot of people say that based on the number of professions they have or based on church growth. And it's amazing. They plan for two years to have a big day and they have a carnival and a festival and they have a barbecue and they get a 400 guests come and then they talk about what a what a work the Lord is doing, but it's all their work. It's all man-made. What we're speaking of now is a work that God is doing because it's not manufactured by any man. It's not manufactured by myself, our church, the pastor, others. It's just the work of God. It's pleased God through the word of God to convict sinners, to bring them under condemnation. Many of those God is working on have not yet been converted. And we had over 20 people uh, in the meeting last week that acknowledged their lost estate, acknowledged their lost condition, whether privately, publicly, openly on the mourner's bench, And uh, we see that God's still trying to do a work in their hearts. That's the work we speak of. It's not in trying to click a number or trying to keep a scoreboard. It's what God is trying to do. Now we lost sight of that. And all thank God through the word of God, he'll still do that work. And I believe he'll do that anywhere. The word of God is preached in power. Anywhere the word of God, if a man's willing to labor over those people and spend the time with those people, invest in those people, The problem is you got a bunch of hirelings today chasing uh, bigger, bigger fields and greener grass and more money, basically, is what it boils down to. They don't want to acknowledge it, but that's where we are. They're hirelings. They're looking for a bigger church, looking for a better position, looking for a career move. God doesn't operate that way. God doesn't even bless that. I don't believe for one second God blesses a career man in the ministry. I believe God blesses those that are called. I believe God blesses those that are used of God to, when they're called and they just submit themselves to the ministry, but all this too much money involved today, too much riches involved, too much notoriety involved. Men lose sight of that. God forbid, God forbid I ever lose sight of those things that God has done, the work of God in my own life and how we praise him, how we thank him. Matthew 17, enough of the announcements. And after six days, Jesus taketh Peter, James, and John, his brother, and bringeth them up into a high mountain apart. It was transfigured before them, and his face did shine as the sun, and his raiment was white as the light. And I marvel at this in that high mountain. I don't know what high mountain that was. I suspect it was Mount Zion, the sides of the north, but I could be wrong about that. But I believe it was transfigured because that's his mount. That's his place. That's where he's going to be glorified. I believe he's glorified before them in that place. His face did shine as the sun. Why? He's the light of the world. That light that emanates from Jesus Christ. He is the light. We need no other. He's the only light. He's the true light that cometh into the world. And he says his raiment was white as the light. Another place, the word glycerine is used. A very old-fashioned word, but still a very good Bible word, glycerine. I remember looking up that statement one time and having to understand that glycerine is the effect of glistening. And so when something is glistering, it's having the effect of something that glistens. And so it's not glistening itself, it's the effect of it. I thought that was a pretty good explanation of that. There's an outside source. His face was shining. Why was it shining like that? Because there was something else in him. There was something inside. It was a, a light that came from within. And hallelujah for the Lamb of God. Thank God he was transfigured before them. They could see him for who he was. They could see that he's the light of the world. His raiment's white as the light. Behold, there appeared unto them Moses and Elias talking with him. Now, just recently, even, I preached on that message. The Lord kind of brought it back to mind again this last week, so we preached it there in Blaine, and it's the reality of those two olive trees by the throne of God. Those two olive trees that stand before the Lord of all the earth, it's Moses and it's Elijah. We know that according to the scriptures. We know that the olive trees that give that golden oil out of themselves, Zechariah chapter four, through golden pipes. And they give that golden oil through golden pipes into those seven lamps. Those lamps might burn brightly. The men might see the candlestick, which is the Lord Jesus Christ. We see that they're the eyes of the whole world. And we thank God for that. And so we see Moses and Elias again. We see their appearance here before the Lord Jesus Christ. They stand before the Lord of the whole earth. And here they are standing before the Lord of the whole earth. Why is it? They are the law and the prophets. I'm amazed how many people have not run those phrases through the Bible. Uh, Through the New Testament, especially the law and the prophets, the law and the prophets. They will not run that through the word of God. They will not run. But yet we see that these things are by the law and the prophets. We see Christ brighter than we've ever seen him. Why? Because of Moses' law and the prophets of God, the school of the prophets, that place of Elijah. We see that brighter than we've ever seen it. Why? Because they're pointing to Jesus Christ. Everything they've ever done pointed to Jesus Christ, the word of God. In the volume of the book, it is written of me. The word of God points to the Lord Jesus Christ. And now here they appear before him. They stand before the Lord of the whole earth, Jesus Christ. Then answered Peter and said unto Jesus, Lord, it is good for us to be here. If thou wilt, let us make here three tabernacles, one for thee and one for Moses and one for Elias. Now he knew not what he spoke of. You and I can have that same experience, by the way. We can see the Lord magnified. We can see the light of the world. We can see it by Moses' law and by Elijah. You can have that same mountaintop experience, if you will, to pay the price for it. What's the price? To diligently seek his face. To believe the law, to believe the prophets. And it's it's more than a type. This is the literal. But you and I have that in earthen vessels today. The law reveals Christ. The prophets reveal Christ. And we see him high and lifted up. We see him on that mount. We see him in all of his glory. We see him gloriously lifted up. And we see him by faith. That's how we do that. And I know that sounds contentious to some today, but we see him by faith. The problem is, folks don't see him, so they deny these things. They say, well, you can't see him like that, but you can see him like that. It's an internal event it takes place in the heart of the believer. When that believer has purified himself, he has cleansed himself, he has washed his hands, and he's come before the great God of heaven, the best that he can, and believes the law, believes the prophets, and that great God reveals himself through the word of God to that believer, not because of his faith, not because of his clean hands, not because of how he's washed himself, but that he has done everything he can to come to God. He's done everything he can to restore that fellowship with the Lord. And then he comes empty-handed, he comes as clean as he can be, and realizes, that the blood of Jesus Christ, his son, cleanseth us from all sin. Realize that true salvation comes in the person of Jesus Christ, and we see him as he is. And we can come and we can realize that he's the son of God. We can have that experience. We can have that experience through Elijah. I've had it many times since I've been saved many being accountable to me only. I wouldn't try to guess how many. I know I'd say probably close to a dozen times in my life. I wish it were more often. I don't spend the time to find it. I'm lazy and indifferent in my prayer life and in my life of practice and worship. But my friend, if we'll come and see him by faith, see him by the word of God, we'll see him glistering. We'll see his garments. We'll see his face shining as the light of the world. But folks don't want to seek his face today. They don't believe these things really can take place. We've been taught by religion. This is all allegory. This is all all type. They don't believe this is a literal experience a man can have. But oh, my friend, let me just tell you, in case the naysayers here, in case the doubters here, you can have that experience in the word of God. And if you'll seek his face, turn from your wicked way, Oh, my friend, that's why you got to purify yourself, even as he is pure. But you, beloved, building up yourselves in your most holy faith, praying in the Holy Ghost, every believer has an obligation to keep themselves clean. Every believer has an obligation to build up their faith. Every every believer has an obligation to seek the face of the Lord. That's the challenge that each and every one of us face that are saved by the good grace of God. But yet that's taught, commonly reported, that that doesn't exist today. You just got to go soul winner. You just got to serve. You just got to do what you're called to do. You just got to teach a class. No, it's in those private hours and that private time with him that you seek his face that you'll find him if you search for him. He said, you'll find me if you search with all of your heart. Again, they say, oh, that can't be today. How can it be? We can't have that type of an experience today. I beg to differ with you, my friend. I beg to differ on the word of God that you can. Hey, the apostle Paul himself was caught up into the third heaven. Now, I'm going to be honest with you. I've not had that experience, but I don't see what was limited to the apostle Paul. He heard those things uttered that weren't even lawful to speak on earth, and yet he heard those things, and we know it's the Apostle Paul. He tells us that. Basically, it's him. And he said, well, we can't have that kind of an experience. Well, why don't you prove it wrong? Maybe there's those that have had that experience, had to keep their mouths shut because the Lord silenced their lips on the things they saw. John saw the heaven. Paul saw heaven. You say, well, that's all apostolic. Well, prove me wrong. Go out there and try it. Find out one day. That's that's the problem with people. It's It's such a box they've been crammed into. They're not even willing to try these. Oh, taste and see that the Lord is good. Let us exalt his name together. Have you ever tasted and seen that the Lord is good? Have you ever tried to find him in your prayer life? Have you ever sought his face in your private time with him? Have you ever tried to go up on that mountain with him and see him transfigured before you? Until you've tried it, don't knock it. Until you've tried it and been there, one with you know, if you go to that mountain, you know your hearts pure, your hands are clean. You've labored in prayer, you've labored in the Word of God. You're looking for Him, longing for Him. You make that long trek up the mountain, and you get up there, and nothing happens, nothing takes place. And you know, my friend, you come with a pure heart. You know you're coming out of the uh, the spirit of holiness, and you're standing before the God of all the earth, and He doesn't reveal Jesus Christ to you. Then come take homage with me. And then come and say, you know, I, don't, I, you know, you know, I tried this; it didn't work. But all my friend, to those of us that have seen him, to those of us that know him, those of us who have experienced that time, we've seen his face, and we've seen that lovely face, that glorious face, all shining in the face of the Lord Jesus Christ. And oh, what a joy it is when He's transfigured before us; we can see Him as He is. While He yet spake, behold, a bright cloud overshadowed them, and behold, a voice out of the cloud which said, "This is My beloved Son, in whom I'm well pleased." Hear ye him. When disciples heard it, they fell on their face and were sore afraid. And Jesus came and touched them and said, Arise and be not afraid. When they had lifted up their eyes, they saw no man save Jesus only. And what a shame. I thought of that here he is transfigured before them. They could have just sat there and enjoyed that time and watched him and watched Moses, watched Elias, watched the interaction. But no, Peter has to offer tabernacles to him. That's just my take on that. And it wasn't for their tabernacle. Listen, Elias already has a tabernacle. It's called the prophets of God. Moses already has a tabernacle to him. It's the law of God. What more do they need? They weren't here to bring glory to themselves. They weren't here to receive honor of men. They were here to give light unto Jesus Christ. That's why they came. That's why they did what they do. That's why we preach. That's why we minister. That's why I teach the word of God. That's why we do a podcast. And listen, I'm not whining, crying, complaining. It's not always easy to do a podcast. Sometimes i got to run home from church and do one late at night. Sometimes i got to get up early in the morning and then do one. Sometimes I'll absolutely forget until the last hour of the day. I'll be laying in bed going, oh my goodness, I don't have anything for today. Why? Right? Because the day's gotten away from me. We travel, we preach, we minister six weeks in a row in meetings. It's not an easy thing, but you know why we do it? Not that you can feel sorry for me and pat me on the head and tell me how awful it is and how you just love me and pray, for me. no, because Jesus Christ might be magnified in this. You say, why would you teach this particular podcast? Because there might be somebody listening that needs that relationship with Jesus Christ that has not found that relationship, and he wants that relationship, and he's been dealing with you about seeking his face and finding him, and so again, prove me wrong, the skeptic says, Well, you can't have that relationship. I beg to differ. You can't have that relationship. You can walk in the light of his countenance. And God will meet with you in that secret place in the wee hours. And God will reveal his son. He'll make a dark room light. He'll bring light into your life. There's times of weeping. Weeping may endure for the night. We know that's messianic now, but joy cometh in the morning. What is that joy? It's the presence of Jesus Christ. It's to look on his face, it's to look on his glory, it's to see him. They raised them up. They saw no man save Jesus only. And if you've got to see somebody, he's the right one to see. As they came down from the mountain, Jesus charged them, saying, tell the vision to no man until the Son of Man be risen again from the dead. And his disciples asked him, saying, why then, say the scribes, that Elias must first come? It's funny. They believed the Bible. They believed there was a forerunner to Jesus Christ. They believed there was Elias. And there was Elias standing on that mount with Jesus Christ. And they said, why did the scribes say this? Because they didn't believe that John was he. They weren't expecting somebody to come out of the wilderness, preach, and repent. You'd be amazed how many people will say, you know, we were just waiting for a preacher to come by. I've heard people do a man that planted the church out in Nebraska probably 15 years ago. And he said that a lady he'd met in town just said, I've been praying for, I forget how many years now, that a preacher would come to our town. And so he went to the town and started the church. And just within six to eight months later, he got out of town with tail between his legs. He was a whip puppy. You know what? She wasn't actually praying that God would send a preacher. She was praying that God would send her her type of preacher, her flavor of preacher, her style of preacher, not necessarily a God-called preacher. Why? Because a God-called preacher preaches repentance. And folks aren't looking for somebody to preach repentance. The scribes weren't looking for somebody to say, repent. They weren't looking for somebody to call them serpents and vipers. They were looking for easy words. They were looking for smooth words, the word of God told us. So when John did come preaching, they didn't believe he was John. So they believed the scripture concerning Elias must first come, but they wouldn't believe that it was going to be John. For he said unto you in verse 12, that Elias has come already and they knew him not, but have done unto him whatsoever they listed. Likewise shall also the son of man suffer of them. Then the disciples understood that he spake unto them of John the Baptist. And so we know that John the Baptist had that spirit of Elijah. He came He came with that leathern girdle, came out of the wilderness, eating locusts and honey. He was a wild man. He was a hairy man like Elijah. And he came preaching the doctrines of God. That last great prophet of God, John the Baptist, and he came out of the way. But the scribes would not believe him. Why? They didn't believe the word of God. They weren't looking for the type of preacher that John was. They were looking for the type of preacher they wanted. And that's about 99.9% of people today. Many years ago, I preached a message on, do you want a preacher? I found out that church didn't want a preacher. Went through the qualifications of a preacher, what it means to be a preacher. Not a hireling, not somebody that speaks smooth spelling words. I I preached something along these lines. Do you want a preacher? Do you want a professional? Uh, do you want a preacher or or do you want a pronasticator? And I and I'd go on down through that. Say, do you want a preacher or do you want a professor? I found out they wanted a professor. They wanted a professional. They were worried about the smoothness. They didn't care about the preaching part. And so it is with John. And so John has now been revealed. The disciples know it's John the Baptist. They understand what's taking place. And Jesus Christ tells them, Elias has come, but they wouldn't receive him because they didn't believe him. Why, they didn't believe the word of God. Had they believed it, they would have seen John for who he was, they would have never let him be beheaded. But yet it had to be so. Why, that candle's going to die. That candle's going to burn down. John's life is snuffed out. Jesus Christ is now magnified. His earthly ministry is in full swing. And by the way, in just a few chapters, we we'll can see that earthly ministry come to an end. Why? He's going to go to the cross. He's going to die for the sins of the world. Have a great weekend. Ponder these things. Seek his face, I pray.
0: There is a lost soul who's tired of the sinning, and he longs to return to the Lord. As he cries for forgiveness and mercy, God is waiting. You have
1: been listening to the Daily Doctrine God Podcast with Evangelist Tim McBay. For correspondence, please contact us through our website and someevangelist.com and use the contact form to connect with us. You may also subscribe to the podcast through our website or search for Daily Doctrine Evangelist Tim McBay on iTunes, and remember to look up for there your redemption was peace
0: where for all night now the angels of god are rejoicing for the prodigal child has come home and the saints all with gladness are singing.